Oh, Father in heaven, how precious it is for us to know that our Savior longs to walk with us. Just as we have heard in our devotional time, the call by the sea, the invitation, we hear that tender voice of Christ calling us even this day. Come and follow me. Come and walk with me. Come to me. Oh, Lord, how we want to do that this morning. Please draw us to you. Please give us the presence of heavenly angels, your Holy Spirit, to be our teacher. Draw us close to you, Father. We want an earnestness this morning. We want new insight of your great love for us and of our Savior. We want to come from this time encouraged and strengthened with joy upon our hearts and written upon our countenance. We want to be those that will go to bring light to this campground, to speak words of encouragement and hope. And in time of trial or in time of need, Lord, that may even be before us this day, that our faith, as it is rooted in you, will not fail. So, Lord, I pray for this. I ask, Lord, that you would uh, just use me today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get into just a couple of thoughts, how many of you have your, uh, your treasure for the day? Yes. Mine that I wrote down is actually a memory verse from the scripture that I read this morning. It's one I've already memorized, but it was such a blessing to me that I wanted it on my mind again today. John eight twenty nine. Anyone know that one? Anyone have memorized that one? And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Oh Lord, let that be my life today. That I know that you're with me as you sent me. That you haven't left me alone. And Lord, how I want to do those things that please you. So that's, that was my prayer this morning and that treasure that I'm keeping with me this day. I just want to emphasize how important it is to pull a treasure out each day. You'll find that if you don't, oh, you'll still gain a blessing. I'm not saying anytime you spend time with the Lord and in the Word and in prayer, you can gain a blessing. You're going to lose probably one of the greatest blessings, and that is having a treasure to share with someone else. And so, well, I want to talk some about the content of prayer today briefly, but a couple things I want to address before that. A couple questions that I got. Uh, one is vacation time. You know, do you adjust for vacation? Well, I do. <laughs> now, if I'm away, you know, I'll adjust by an hour or so. And because vacation time, I don't have the other pressing things, so I adjust, and, and that's fine. Sometimes I'll just get up the regular time, but then I'll take a nap in the afternoon or something. But, so yeah, adjust the time. I mean, that's just fine. I have something here, some were asking about the comments on eating and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I just want to make this comment. I'm not an extremist. I don't encourage you to be an extremist. You know, I mentioned about not eating between meals and that thing. You know, if you go to work and, you know, a coworker brought you a donut that day, I'm not saying, you know, that it's a sin to eat the donut. What I'm saying is I was talking about the habit, the habitual you know, the day-in, day-out doings of your life. That's what I'm talking about. So I don't want anyone to misunderstand that. 
uh, the two meal, three meal, you want to do, everyone is a little bit different. I am in a lot of meetings, I drive a lot, my work is not uh, like outdoor labor, so I don't need to eat as much. When I was in college and, you know, I was studying but also working six hours a day in a factory, well, I sure ate a whole lot more. <laughs> but I just want to read this uh, briefly to you. This is uh, from the Spirit of Prophecy manuscript, 13 manuscript releases, I think page 42 here. Just to give you a picture of this. This is Ellen White speaking. In our family, we have breakfast at half past six o'clock and dinner at half past one. We have no supper. We would change our times of eating a little were it not for the fact that these are the most convenient hours for some of the members of the family. Well, I imagine that when our children are, you know, away and they're out of the house, well, we'll probably adjust our schedule a little bit. <laughs> it's pretty set right now because they, Shelly leaves, she usually takes them to school and she leaves at 7.45 usually to take the kids to school. Well, if, if we didn't have the kids take school, well, maybe we'd adjust it a little bit, you know? <laughs> maybe I'd be able to get it a little bit later. <laughs> so basically, she's talking about, well, their meal schedules were adjusted to the situation of the, the home. A little bit later, in another place, she's, she talks about their meals, breakfast being at 7 o'clock. So you can see it was not some rigid thing. They adjusted those things as they needed. She says here, 16 manuscript releases, page 173, no eating should be allowed between our meals. So, I mean, someone asking, why did you come up with those things? Well, I didn't come up with them. It's just from the spirit of prophecy. Just principles for that. I want to share these couple of thoughts with you, too, about the positive thinking. I didn't make that up either. This comes from, how many of you have the book Ministry of Healing? You don't have that book, or if you haven't, you haven't read it in a while, that is a, just a joy to read. Or, uh, what is it, uh, Councils and Diets and Foods. I mean, just a wealth of counsel and wisdom from God given to us so we can live happy, healthy lives for Him. But listen to this. This is incredible. Page 251. It's the chapter Mind Cure. Nothing tends more to promote health of body and of soul than does a spirit of gratitude and praise. So not just body, but also the spirit. When it says soul, it's the spiritual life. It is a positive duty to resist melancholy, discontented thoughts and feelings, as much a duty as it is to pray. So if someone asks you, well, why are you saying that? Well, you can say, well, these are connected. They are connected. It's as much of a duty to do this, to have the mind elevated, the thoughts elevated, so when I come to the time of prayer, that it's more rewarding and rich, and I can connect closer to our Lord. But that's a pretty strong statement. That's as much of a duty for us to resist those discontented thoughts and feelings as it is for us to pray. And the wonderful thing about what God has done with our bodies is that they learn and they are trainable. So our mind can be trained to think upon those elevated things. If we are heaven bound, how can we go as a band of mourners groaning and complaining all along the way to our Father's house. <laughs> you know, I, I like to smile and be happy. And I've had some people that have 
not appreciated that. Maybe they thought, uh, I don't have any problems in my life and I can't understand their problems. I assure you I have problems in my life too. <laughs> but do we not have a Savior that can make us glad? I mean, think of this statement. Same chapter. Those professed Christians who are constantly complaining and who seem to think cheerfulness and happiness a sin have no genuine religion. It's like, I think it was John Bunyan. He, you know, he's the author of Pilgrim's Progress and he was thrown in prison for, I can't remember how many years, nine years or something like that. But when he was a child, he... There was, you know, there was a general feeling that pleasure was a sin. To be happy and to enjoy things was a sin because we should be morose and, and oh, we're burdened with the cross, right? <laughs> and he, he loved to ring the church bell. But he would go and he, he would go to ring the church bell but before he could really enjoy it, he would run out because he thought that God was going to make the bell drop on him because he was enjoying ringing the bell. <laughs> and I think, is that the kind of Christian experience we have? That, that we go to our knees and we, we pray and we think that we should be, we should feel the, the weight of our sin and it should make us terrible through the day. No. We go and we cast our burden on the Lord for He cares for us. And He restores to us the what of His salvation? The joy of His salvation. It is a law of nature that our thoughts and feelings are encouraged and strengthened as we give them utterance. So when we write these promises down, when we're in the Word of God, when we're going to our time of prayer, that's another reason why it's good to pray aloud because you're hearing it. And our thoughts and feelings are encouraged and strengthened as we say it. So, you know, I may not feel, I mean, like this morning, I'll tell you, last night I was, I was, you know, fighting the devil not to be a little grumpy. You know, I was tired, got back. And, of course, you know, it's camp meeting, so our kids get back a little later, and it's about, you know, getting close to 11.30, and I'm thinking, oh, man, the morning's coming so early. And I got up this morning, oh, it was hard to get up. I said, Lord, don't let me complain. <laughs> don't let me utter one word of complaint. And I came outside, and I looked up, and it was dark and and I couldn't see the moon or the stars this morning <laughs> but the Lord made me glad the Lord made me glad how many of you saw the clouds this morning a little later wasn't that beautiful it's like a, a stormy sea going over us it was pretty incredible While words express thoughts, it is also true that thoughts follow words. If we would give more expression to our faith, rejoice more in the blessings that we know we have, the great mercy and love of God, we should have more faith and greater joy. Take your time in the morning and let it be that fruit of joy for you throughout the day. Just recite it to yourself. Just keep it on the front of your mind. As you share with others, you're going to find that your joy is going to even increase because you're going to see it becomes a joy to them and a help to them. No tongue can express, no finite man can conceive the blessing that results from appreciating the goodness and love of God. So part of this is going to be important when I talk about the content of prayer in a second. Even on earth, we may have joy as a wellspring never failing because fed by the stream that flows from the throne of God. Now, I don't want you to be misunderstanding this either. Does that mean that we don't have trials and, and there aren't times where we're sad? 
You've been sad? <laughs> there, are, there are sad times. But do we have to be discouraged? What does discouraged mean? No, no hope, no courage, right? No, we don't have to be discouraged. There are times where, I mean, Jesus was known as a man of what? Sorrows. But did he walk around gloomy and, and melancholy? No. He was full of life and of joy in the Lord. Children don't run to those who are downcast very often. <laughs> Children are attracted to those that are full of life and happiness and joy, and the children love to be with Jesus. Let us educate our hearts and lips to speak the praise of God for His matchless love. Let us educate our souls to be hopeful and to aid in the light shining from the cross of Calvary. Sing praises. Let praise and thanksgiving be expressed in, in song. When tempted, instead of giving utterance to our feelings, let us by faith lift up a song of thanksgiving to God. Try and make it a habit of singing at least one song to the Lord a day. <laughs> Just choose a song. And seeing this, I learned a new one this morning. It was a blessing to me, and I'm going to share it with you a little bit later. The pure, oh, and then also on the exercise and breathing. The pure air, the glad sunshine, the flower and trees. This is page 264. The orchards and vineyards and outdoor exercise amid these surroundings are health giving, life giving. So all these things work together to elevate and strengthen and noble the mind. Why do we exercise? Why do we eat well? Why do we avoid eating between meals? Why do we avoid those, those kind of, of drinks and snacks and those things that would bring the body down? It's because we want to have a high and lifted mind so we can discern God speaking to us and hear His voice and so that we can be more fitted servants for Him. So just a couple of thoughts on that. And I hope you'll go and you'll read those books. They're, they're incredible. I mean, it's, you just learn so many interesting things like, um, I mean, just random things. I mean, what's one? That almonds are healthier to eat on a regular basis than peanuts. How would, how would I know that? I wouldn't know that. But the Spirit of Prophecy says that. Isn't that amazing? Or that olives are, are such a good food that they could be eaten at almost every meal. And that for some, beans are great and others are not so great. <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible that we have such a wealth of that and all that is to help us to grow and be strengthened in the Lord. And it all comes down to that life of devotion for Christ. Never, when I talk about the devotional life, it is where you have that morning devotion, but as I think you can probably begin to see, it's not a, just a time in the morning, it is a life of devotion. It is a walk with the Lord through the day, moment by moment. Did you take time to examine yourself last night? Oh, the Lord rebuked me on a couple of things. Uh, I'm smiling now, but I wasn't last night. Uh, Lord, help me. Help me. So I want to talk about the content of prayer uh, just briefly here. There are forms of prayer, and I, I don't want to say that I think those are wrong in any way, and I don't, where people have made a, a neat way to remember, and I've used that, like acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Those can be helpful. Then there are types of methods of prayer like praying through the sanctuary and those things. Those are wonderful. 
But I'm just talking my own experience, so I'm not saying this is the way. But when I come to the Lord, I just have a, I just want to unload my heart and life to the Lord. I mean, when I go and say it's been a long day and, you know, Shelly and I are at the end of the day and we're talking, you know, before we go to sleep, in my mind, I don't think about this, okay, and then this, and then this, and this. No, it's a conversation. It's natural. And when something pops into her mind, she'll say it. It doesn't have to come in a certain order or anything like that. And I guess what I'm saying is prayer should be a conversation. You shouldn't worry so much about the structure of it as much as you should worry about, Lord, am I hearing you and am I talking to you? I don't know if that makes sense, but but with that, I'm going to talk about some things that we that do become content to our prayers. One we just talked about, and that is praise and thanksgiving. And I'm not a I'm not a man of many words. Usually, I can just be quiet, and you know, in a room, I don't. Or in a meeting, I don't have to, I can just sit in the, I can be the fly on the wall, you know? And sometimes it's hard for me to even express to the Lord what I'm feeling and thinking. I just can't find the words to do it. And I'll, you'll hear me saying, Lord, I'm so sorry, I'm trying to say this, but I don't know what to say. <laughs> but I, there's something that's incredible that, uh, that's so neat when you spend time in the Word of God and the Spirit of Prophecy. And I think you've seen already that you can take that as content for your prayers. And I want to show you how you can do that in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, which trains us how to praise His holy name. So I want to show you a couple of these. The Psalms are many of them are prayers of thanksgiving, right? So look at this, Psalm 92. I'm just going to look at a couple of them quickly here. Psalm 92. So I'm on my knees. I want to, the Lord just blessed me so much. And I just want to thank him. And I can say, Lord, it is so good to give thanks to you and sing praises to your name, O Most High. You're taking the psalm, you're just making it a prayer. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. And you can pause, you can add to that. Lord, you are so faithful to me. Thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. As those things flood to your mind. On the instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious song. Lord, I can't do that now, but I'm going to let my voice praise you and, and be in song to you. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the work of your hands. So you can take the scripture and you can pray it back to the Lord. And as you pray it, you just make it your own prayer. And you can insert things in there but it, it does kind of give a, a structure to that praise. Or Psalm 19 is another one I love to pray. The heavens declare the glory of God. That was what I was praying this morning when I saw those clouds. It was just so incredible. It wasn't just a normal cloud cover. It was like a, just the rich tones of gray and, and the lightness of it. It was just beautiful. The, heaven, the firmament shows your handiworks. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language with their vo where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Then you look at this. The, he has set a tabernacle for the sun. I mean, you could just praise God for His creative power and it's like this morning when I, in my devotion, it was 
just a picture that I had not ever seen before. About Jesus, when he's talked about he is the light of the world, Ellen White brought out that the sun was just coming up and shining on the temple, and it was a, it, and they had the, these uh, lanterns in the, in the sanctuary there in the temple because reminding them of the pillar of cloud, Jesus was that pillar. And as the sun comes up, he points to the sun and he says, I am the light of the world. And I just that picture ingrained in my mind was just so powerful to look at Jesus and he points to the sun and know what's going to happen now. I'm going to look when I see the sun. The image is going to be Jesus pointing to the sun. I am the light of the world. He is that that morning glory in my life. So you can see that. But then the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, Lord. Let your law be a converting power in my life. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Lord, my mind is so dull at times. <laughs> oh, make me wise in the things of heaven. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. As I follow you, Lord, let me not feel it as a yoke of burden, but as James calls it, that it is the law of liberty. So you can pray that. Or Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Lord, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. You can take those and make them be a part of your prayer. Or Psalm, I mean, you can see them, Psalm 123. I think you'll understand the point I'm trying to make here. Unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. So instead of saying that in, in that uh, person, I'd say it to me. So my eyes, Lord, look to you until you have mercy on me. Isn't that just such a blessing that you're taking the words of inspiration and you're making them your own for the Lord? And then there are ones like in Revelation that I love too. Uh, like Revelation 15. Great, Revelation 15, 3 and 4. This is, you remember Elder Gallimore's message on last Friday night. The song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways. Try, I, I mean, I dare you, try and read those in prayer to God and see if that does not lift your love and your devotion to Him. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you. So and then I'm saying, Lord, all nations are going to come, but I want to be in the front of it. <laughs> I want my home to be among those who worship you. Your judgments have been manifested. You see this example in Scripture. I'm just going to show you this. Acts chapter 4. This is, I just want to show you, this is a biblical Concept here. I'm not making it up. <laughs> Acts chapter 4. You find it here. Yes. Verse 24. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Does that sound familiar? who by the mouth of your servant David have said, 
Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. That's from Psalm chapter 2. They took the words of Scripture and they're putting them in their prayer and praying that to God. And then you see they finished their prayer. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. You're going to find in your time with the Lord, yes, there will be times that maybe aren't as high on the mountain as there are other times. But you'll have those times where it just feels like the whole place around you, that you are on holy ground. And that the Lord's Spirit is there resting upon you. But even when you don't feel it, I don't know where it is right now. You'll, that's uh, something that you could go look up where Spirit of Prophecy tells us that even if we don't sense it or feel it, we can know that Jesus is there and His hand is upon our shoulder. And I have looked to that in, in my prayer so many times where I did not feel that God was near. I said, Lord, I may not feel it, but I know it. I know it. And knowledge is so much greater than feeling. So much greater. So, praise and thanksgiving, confession. You know, as we examine ourselves, the more we come into the light of God's presence, the more we see ourselves as we really are. And... That's why, was it in Romans 12, 3, where the counsel is not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to think soberly. God has given to everyone a measure of faith. Sometimes we, we just think so highly of ourselves, but when we see ourselves in the light of, of heaven, how we are humbled before Him. But as we see those things, we want to be quick to confess our sin. And ask the Lord, Lord, is there something I should do about this? Some things, there's nothing we can do but just ask for the Lord's forgiveness. Other things, there may be things that I need to do. I may need to get up and go and say sorry to my wife. As humbling as that may be. I'm sorry, honey, I was wrong. You were right. (laughs) Or maybe to our children, or maybe it's something at work. I don't know, but we want to we want to have that attitude. We want to pray for our family. To take time to sincerely pray for our children, for our spouses, for our family, larger family, for our church family. Do you know how much our world church needs your prayers? We need to be lifting. That's what, I mean, I, you know, reading through the New Testament, especially, you know, you're looking at Paul. How often does he say, making mention of you in in every prayer? I just, I mean, did he not have so much to pray for? And, And here he's remembering them by name in his prayers. So you want to do that. So, you know, I have my list, and I go through that list. People will hand me prayer requests. They'll say, so I'll write that down. Now, if someone asks me to pray for them, that doesn't mean that I'm going to pray for that name for the rest of, you know, the time I walk this earth. But I want to entreat them. Now, some people will, I'll know that they need that, and so I will be praying through it until I see the Lord working in that. There are souls that we're laboring for that are just burdens on our heart that we want to be praying for by name. And, you know, I pray for our conference leadership, asking the Lord to bless them. Pray for our pastors, that the Lord will help them. Pray for your pastor and tell him you're praying for him. Our church schools, our teachers. So we want to be praying those. And I'll tell you, if you don't have a list of it, you're going to forget. So have your list there to pray for. 
course, I mentioned the special prayer requests. People will come and they'll say, you know, could you pray for my sister? She is going to have surgery next week. So we want to be remembering those in prayer. And then, of course, the prayer for ourselves. It's not wrong to pray for ourselves. You know, Jesus prayed for himself. He pled for God to give him strength and courage. Where do you think Jesus got his plans for each day? From the Father. <laughs> he was praying, Lord, show me this day. Lead me this day. So we want to be praying for that. So that is uh, a great uh, need to pray for. And of course, then we're taking the things that the Lord has brought to us in our devotional life and we're praying. Now, we're going to transition here and get into our devotional. But I, I do want to say, I want to make this point very clear. When we pray and we ask the Lord to bless us in our devotional, in my mind, that whole time is prayer. Because I, I hope that you've kind of seen that. I've tried to make it as natural, and, and yet some of it is still a little artificial because it's, in a, it's not an intimate setting with, with the Lord. But I, I hope that you can see how you can take, as you read from Scripture, you can take as you read from the Spirit of Prophecy, and you do make that time a prayer. The whole time is a prayer. You're talking to God through that, and you're seeing Him talk to you. And you just make that entire time a prayer. And then when you fall to your knees in prayer, it's not like you're just starting. You're just carrying on that prayer. I mentioned that the other day. So I just want to make that very clear, that think of the whole time as prayer with God. And, I mean, it's incredible. And it does help prayer to be more like a conversation. You, you know, you read something, you'll see here, you read something, you just, Lord, do that for me. Lord, this here, this here. Lord, help me to be like that. Lord, give me that kind of faith. And you'll find that there are many themes that the Lord will hit you on day after day after day. I'll tell you, there's so many times where, where I've been wrestling with something in my own character, and the next morning, it's right there. You know, I just weep because, like, Lord, the Lord knew that. And I just think, Lord, how? It, to me, it just reveals God, that God knows my thoughts. He knows my life. He knows my heart. And he knew that I needed a word from him on this. And even though I was in like an organized plan, and how did it, you know, get in that order? And then he brought me right to that. And I just praise his, his name for it. So I just want to emphasize that that whole time is a, is a time of prayer. And again, we're, we're not going to get through the whole thing this morning, but tomorrow... We're going to just do the devotional because I, I want to make sure at least one time I want to spend an hour devotion with you and just model that all the way through. So tomorrow we're going to do that. So I hope that you'll be able to be here for that. And then also tomorrow I'll have your discipleship handbook. If you have any need of any materials, you can get those. I'm going to pass this out now. I'm going to pass the cards out here. And feel free to take a couple if you need. And again, I want to encourage you, don't leave today without writing something down. Even though we have a short, we won't have an hour, we'll have enough time for the Lord to give you something to glean from this today. And... You'll get, uh, you'll get better at pulling those out. Sometimes it can, I mean, 
Sometimes you may have just a Bible verse like I did today. Other times you'll have other things. But you'll start learning and seeing those things that are just short to the point and just pulling those out. And it gets a lot easier. So I want you to make sure to write something down today. And some of you have shared what you've written down with me, and I've really appreciated that. So let's have prayer together, and then we'll transition into our time of devotion. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we just are so overwhelmed at times by your goodness that is shown to us day by day. Your scripture is true. It's been proven in our lives that your mercies, they are indeed new every morning. As the scripture says just before that verse, that these things we recall to our mind, therefore we have hope. Oh Lord, thank you for that hope you give us. And as we open your word, as we go to the spirit of prophecy, Lord, speak to our hearts. Help us to find that word from heaven to us today. Just open our hearts in communion with you, Lord. Thank you for each one here. And I pray that you would speak to each one here. And each one who might hear after this, I pray for them as well. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's open our Bibles. This is the touch of faith. Chapter 36 in the Desire of Ages. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for that reminder. (laughs) Thank you. Matthew chapter 9. Again, just a note, I had intended to get the shorter one, so just to show you the whole thing. But often you'll find that you won't get through the whole thing every day. I mean, there's some times where I don't get past one verse. My, my goal is not to just get through a reading. My goal is to connect with my Father in heaven. So the, the goal is not to rush through and get through a, a reading. And I will make this note, though. You can, and someone else made this comment to me, you can, if you read one chapter in the Conflict of the Ages series, that's the five volumes, Patriarchs and Prophets, Prophets and Kings, The Desire of Ages, Acts of the Apostles, and The Great Controversy. If you read one chapter a day, you can get through the whole set in a year. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful blessing. If you do this, if you follow this in here, if you do in the devotional, I don't get through that. <laughs> I don't get, it, it takes me a lot longer to do that. That's why I have this. So I want to read through my Bible every year. And I like to read through several Spirit Prophecy books every year. So I try and choose those. I'd like to go through Steps to Christ every year. I like to read, I try to read through The Great Controversy every year, and I try to read through The Desire of Ages every year. So those are some, but then I like, like this year, because of this class, thought, man, I'm going to read the uh, Ministry of Healing again. (laughs) And so those are some things. It's, a, it's amazing what we can do with the time as God has given us when we make heavenly things first. You'll be amazed at how much time you have. And some of that I'll do probably listening while I'm walking. You know, sometimes they have, I think it's a, uh, I have to look it up. Is it 
but they have lots and lots of um, Ellen White books on on the internet audio. I can't remember what it's called. Is it Ellen White audio? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, ellenwhiteaudio.org. So you can go there, and there are lots of free recordings. So, you know, I'll probably download those and, and listen to those uh, while I walk. But sometimes I like to listen and read, just because I get it the way I'm made. It just ingrains deeper on my mind. Okay, everyone have their stuff. Matthew chapter 9, we're going to look here at verse 18. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. So what does this right here give you occasion to pray for? See, I hear several different things. So the Lord is putting different burdens, right? If, if your child was sick, would this not be meaningful to you? If you're struggling with faith, would you not be saying, Lord, give me faith? So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. I think I mentioned it last year. What was the disciples' number, one of their number one rules? And I've learned this from the Spirit of Prophecy too. They knew that their place was at the side of Jesus, and they were not to be separated from him. Because they were to watch everything that the master did. So when it says, Jesus arose and followed, and so did his disciples, they say, Jesus, you're going, I'm going with you. <laughs> Where is that? Revelation uh, 14. These are those who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Lord, let that be me. And suddenly, so Jesus is on the way, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. Maybe in your life there's something that you've dealt with for such a long time. You say, Lord, oh, I wish I could touch the hem of your garment. If you're in that situation, I'd encourage you to read the Ministry of Healing. It will be a blessing to you. Because does the Lord heal everything? Does the Lord take away every thorn out of our flesh? Not everything. But He can carry us through it. Amen. Amen. Know what that is? That's the word of faith. So she spoke that. What happened? The words came out of her mouth. They went in her ears. And what did they do? They encouraged her. I could tell. <laughs> Amen. Amen. She touched the hem of his garment, for she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. So, I mean, just letting your mind absorb that. I mean, there are so many things that I could pray for in that. And, and I know that are going to come out in this. But just all the busyness, everything that was happening... She could have made excuse after excuse, say, oh, I can't make it. It's too many people. What's going to happen? But there comes a point in your life where all that doesn't matter anymore. None of it matters. The crowd, 
the stairs. It doesn't matter. All you want is to be able to touch Jesus. And I say, Lord, let that be me. Let that be me. Give me that earnestness. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. Think, Lord, how many times have I read your word? And maybe I didn't ridicule you like they did, like laugh and that, whatever. Maybe I have. Maybe I've been like Sarah, you know, and the Lord came down and said that she was going to have a child, and she laughed, right? And, and then she said she didn't laugh, and what did the Lord say back to her? Oh, you did laugh. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you can't fool the Lord. And the Lord just said, no, you did. <laughs> you did laugh. But how many times have I done that to the Word of God? Lord, let me not ever distrust your Word. But the crowd... When the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all the land. So much in that too. Would I be the crowd that's put outside? Would I be the one that pressed close to Christ? We're going to switch over to our reading here. So you may have pulled something out of that for the day. Maybe the Lord said to you, this verse is for you, my son, today. This verse is for you, my daughter, today. And if that is, then, then write it down. If there's something there you wanted to memorize, you know, write it down, something to highlight. And we're not going to get through this. And I'm just looking at this here. I think I'm going to, because a lot of this here is a description of that, I want to let you read through that. I want to come here to the second page, the back side of the first page. And if you come down here to the where it says the wondering crowd, I just want to take our time on this paragraph here. Look at this here. The wondering crowd that pressed close about Christ realized no accession of vital power. So what is that saying? There are people there touching, bumping against Christ. He's going through the crowd. And they're so close, but they didn't realize the power of God among them. But, what was that? It is. So what would your prayer be? Yes. Lord, help me. I mean, how many times have I gone through the day in just the blur of the day and I didn't have the power of Christ with me? I mean, it's so easy for me to just look at them I need to say, Lord, what about me? Train me, Lord. Teach me. If you go up just to the top of the page, I love where that sentence is there. He saw that there. The golden opportunity had come. <laughs> She's pressing to find Christ, and she was looking for that, that opportunity to touch Christ. And here others are bumping up, and they don't, they don't see a golden opportunity. They're just... 
waiting to see what's going to happen, not thinking that something could happen to them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. How many of them were sick? Yes, they didn't realize they were sick in heart and spirit. But when the suffering woman put forth her hand to touch him, believing that she would be made whole, be made whole, she felt the healing virtue. Now I want to show you this next sentence is a big clue in the spirit of prophecy. It transitions to what I call a teaching moment where it directly is something that relates it to our life today or to a circumstance in life today. You'll see this phrase like so in spiritual things or she'll say so it is with us or how often it is the case with us. And when you see those, those should just be flags to say I need to pay attention especially to this because it's a direct word. It's like a a bulleted sermon point coming direct from heaven to me. So it says, so in spiritual things. So if I wasn't paying close attention before, I want to be very attentive right now. To talk of religion in a casual way. To pray without soul hunger and living faith avails nothing. Tell you, I underlined that one, highlighted, and that's what I'm probably going to write down. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I haven't gotten through, but that's probably going to be the one I'm writing down. I mean, just think about that. To talk of religion in a casual way. Your conversation could be all about spiritual things, but they could be, it could be in a casual way. It's like what the Spirit of Prophecy tells us about the Word of God, that we should never, ever speak of the Word of God or use it in a trivial way. You should never use the Word of God in a joke. This is the sacred Word of God. These are, these are spiritual things. We need to keep our mind that these are holy things. I mean, look at the angels and the elders around the throne of God. They fall on their faces and cry, holy, holy, holy. And this is what this is talking about, to talk a religion in a casual way, just in an everyday way. We need to be careful how we handle these things. To pray without soul hunger and living faith. That is just the, the prayer that is just out of duty and, and just that rote memorization. Without really sensing, Lord, please hear me in this time. So that's soul hunger, living faith. That is taking the Word of God. That's, uh, that's the... The promises of God are given to me. I'm going to claim those by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. If we don't do this, we are going to avail nothing. A nominal faith in Christ which accepts Him merely as the Savior of the world. Now that's interesting. You might think to accept Him as the Savior of the world is a pretty incredible thing. What does merely mean? Just merely. I don't know. I'm not a... Uh, I already told you English isn't my favorite subject. <laughs> but merely in my mind is not, is not just... Not just as, but, you know, it's like... Is that the right meaning? Like, it's not... It's like... A, it's lower. You know, just not merely as this. Yes, missing the best part. Thank you for that. A nominal faith which accepts Him merely as the Savior world can never bring healing to the soul. This faith that is unto salvation is not mere intellectual assent to the truth. So let that 
sinking. So that's explaining really the sentence before about him as a savior of the world. It's not just an understanding. Of, uh, I understand the truth of this. He who waits for entire knowledge before he will exercise faith cannot receive blessing from God. It is not enough to believe about Christ. We must believe in Him. I mean, that's powerful. Lord, help me to believe in Christ. And then I'd want to think about that. I'd want to spend a few moments. Lord, what does it mean for me to believe in You? What does that mean? So I'd want to meditate on that. Now I would want to you know, use my imagination to imagine what that is. I'm a very visual person. So I'd want to, oh, Lord, what does that look like? What is that, Lord? It is not enough to believe about Christ. We must believe in Him. The only faith that will benefit us is that which embraces Him as a personal Savior. So this isn't just talking about Savior of the world. This is talking about Savior of me, which appropriates His merits to ourselves. So what does that imagery give you? Do you see Christ taking the robe of His righteousness? and putting it upon your shoulders, wrapping you in it, maybe even putting it over your head. I don't know. Lord, cover me all. <laughs> Every part of me, Lord. Many hold faith as an opinion. Has faith been an opinion to you? Well, this is what I think. Saving faith is a transaction by which those who receive Christ join themselves in covenant relation with God. Genuine faith is life. A living faith means an increase of vigor, a confiding trust by which the soul becomes what? I mean, when you read those words that living faith is an increase in vigor. What does that mean? I mean, that in itself is strength, right? That's vigor, that strength in the life. A confiding trust, which the soul becomes a conquering power. Christ in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Oh, what a blessing that is. What a blessing. Just because I know this chapter, there's one more sentence I want you to see. It's just powerful. The very last paragraph of the whole paper. Oh, the whole thing, I'm sure, is incredible. And I hope that you'll take time to go through this. But just look at that, uh, that first sentence. It is for our benefit to keep every gift of God fresh in our memory. Thus, faith is strengthened to claim and to receive more and more. There is greater encouragement for us in the least blessing we receive, ourselves receive from God than in all the accounts we can read of the faith and experience of others. I could tell you here all day, I could give my testimony. It would encourage you, I'm sure. It would encourage those who hear. But it all would pale in comparison to what your experience is going to be with Christ. So, I take this time now, give you one minute, write down something. Did you find something to write down? Okay, write it down. Isn't that powerful? Oh, it's just incredible. You have that uh, hidden treasure. I haven't memorized it yet. It's on my list to memorize but if I read it enough times to you, I'm going to remember it. Psalm 119, I memorized the reference, 162. Because you have your treasure for the day. 
I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Oh, let's hide the word of God in our hearts as a great treasure. I'm going to close with a prayer and then I'd like to give you time to pray from your heart to the Lord and claim whatever you wrote down. Pray that for your life today. But I do hope that in your morning prayer, let me back up, in your order of your life today, it's going to be a life of devotion today, amen? Tonight you're going to examine yourself. You're going to hide something from the Word of God in your mind. You're going to pray for the Lord's blessing. Pray. You know, I ask the Lord to give me dreams, good dreams. I pray for that. And He does that. Not every night, but I, I thank the Lord for that. I pray for that. But then pray for the Lord to awaken you. And then in the morning, when you have your time, glean that. You'll glean your thought. But then you'll also be praying for these other things. Pleading with God. Your whole devotional time will be a time of prayer, right? And then the end of it's just going to be that pouring of the heart out to God in those things. So I'm going to pray and then take a few moments here. Some of you may need to go, but I hope before you go that you'll take at least a moment praying for the Lord to take whatever you wrote down and make it a part of your life. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. Indeed, it is life to us. We rejoice at your word as those who find a great treasure. Oh Lord, our hearts can just be overwhelmed with joy in your presence. Lord, I, I've just been so blessed this morning in this time. Just gleaning for a few moments those eternal treasures. I feel like the woman in the crowd who noticed that the golden opportunity had come. And I didn't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it, Lord. I don't want to miss that golden opportunity each morning, each evening before we go to rest. Lord, let us not miss those. Lord, I pray that each one here would just sense that you have sent them with a purpose and that you are with them. And that none here need be alone, for you are with them. And that each one of us would always plead and pray for Christ to live in us, that we may do those things that please you. Help us this day, Lord, not to talk of religion in a casual way. In our prayers, give us a soul hunger and a living faith that we will have the treasures of heaven opened before us, that we will not go away empty, that our time will not avail nothing, but it will avail all that heaven desires to give. So Lord, I pray for this. I pray that you would bless us. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.